everyone, and welcome to this week's On the Spot. I'm Zach Strickland, here with John Paul Hampstead, our Director of Passport Research, as usual. Uh, here to bring you the news on what has happened in the spot market and the rest of the freight market this week. Uh, this week, we did have our first big earnings report. But first, uh, before we dive into that, uh, we need to talk about the market. JP, what have we seen this week in the market so far? Yeah, we've seen um, trucking markets continue to settle a little bit. So uh, national average spot rates down slightly, uh, tender rejections, you know, cooling slightly, still, you know, around 25%, which is obviously quite high. But, you know, one of the things you'll notice if you go into Sonar and pull up sort of uh, the major outbound markets in the country, places like LA, Dallas, Chicago, Harrisburg, Atlanta, um, all those are going to be below the national average, actually. Um, so the bigger markets are actually you know, the bigger pulling the, the averages down. The bigger markets are, are getting more and more well supplied with freight. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, lots of other places in the country have extraordinarily high tuna rejection rates, um, you know, including the sort of remote, obscure markets you would think of, but also places all through the middle of the country, really. Yeah, roughly 65% <clears throat> of the markets in the country have a rejection rate above 25%, which is why that rate is able to withstand a lot of those bigger markets showing some settling. Yeah, and one of the things we were, we were talking about that I do want to clarify about the data set, uh, we were talking about the, that this morning, is that OTRI.USA, the national average tender rejection rate, is not just averaging the OTRI of all the different markets. It's recalculating from every tender. So there's no question of like, how are the markets being weighted or anything right. like that. It's, it's starting from scripts from sort of the raw data. Um, so that, that's important to keep in mind. But, but yeah, I mean, I think that October, you know, this kind of is normally a lull before uh, capacity gets really constrained in peak season when you have holidays and drivers optionality starts being a little bit sort of, sort of narrowed um, and, and when shippers get more frantic, right? Yeah. So I, honestly, like, you know, the, the key, the, there's some like sort of key things that tell me that driver, that carriers still have like really strong pricing power. Right. So if you look at something like, um, you know, outbound LA, if you look at like say LA to Las Vegas versus LA to Stockton, mm -hmm. okay, Stockton, attractive market, important second tier uh, warehousing district, a lot of outbound freight, Las Vegas, unattractive market, huge backhaul market, um, rates going out are usually low, right? So in April and May, when the entire freight market was soft, when capacity was loose, when rates were crashing, there was only about a 22 cent per mile difference between LA to Stockton and LA to Las Vegas. And that was based on the characteristics of Los Angeles. There were more trucks than freight, people had to take what they could get. The carriers weren't able to exercise optionality. Fast forward, the spread goes like this, right? And now there's like a hundred and four, you know, a dollar forty per mm -hmm. mile spread between between, the between these two because carriers are saying, hey, and they're obviously they're charging more to go into Las Vegas. The carriers are saying, hey, if you want to send us into this market that we don't like when things are hot, we're going to charge you far more for it. No, I, I think, so, I think like, that's a good point. We've seen this this exaggeration. We I talked about it a little bit in weeks past about how some of these bad markets have gotten worse. 
uh, during this whole thing because carriers, like you said, don't want to go into some. Because there's no opportunity cost. Exactly, exactly. But you know, Stockton's not traditionally like anything going from Los Angeles to destination. Typically, on the short haul, is not a great lane for a carrier because there's inherently imbalance there just because of the nature of Los Angeles. Northern California is still a backhaul market compared to Los Angeles. Uh, but it isn't necessarily a Las Vegas backhaul, <laughs> yeah. where they don't produce anything whatsoever. Yeah, and so and so even so, like we obviously we look at things like tenor rejections, we look at spot rates, we look at volumes to try to figure out like what state the market's in and who has pricing power. But I think the the difference between you know when you have the same origin and you have destinations with two different characteristics, if carriers are able to pick which lane they want to go in because there's plenty of freight mm-hmm. and they're able to drive, you know, make those prices on those lanes diverge, mm-hmm. then that's telling you who's really in control of the prices. Exactly. Uh, you know, in Florida, we saw the same thing. Uh, outbound Florida rates, definitely, you know, there's a water level going up, but that market has become much worse in comparison to some of the other, yeah. uh, other lanes specifically. And so I, I think, I just think going, you know, going into what's considered like peak retail season, um, the market's obviously in a very healthy place. It's still mm-hmm. very favorable for carriers. Um, you know, it's not, I, I wouldn't say things have gotten much more expensive since you know the beginning of September necessarily, but uh, you know, carriers should be making money. They should have plenty of freight. Um, and I, I think what, what's most important is sort of the underlying fundamental capacity dynamics that we believe will continue to hold through bid season. Right. right? And and we know we had an interesting development this uh, over the last couple of months with you know orders we're tracking orders class eight orders van order trailer orders et cetera and uh, you know preliminary reports uh, Alan Adler reported this that trailer orders far surpassed class eight truck orders here in September at least on the mm-hmm. you know the early mm-hmm. report side um, which is not something that normally happens uh, and a lot of the a lot of this is kind of like based on driver recruiting issues, uh, where they're not able to seat the trucks that right. they have. And, but at the same time, we're also talking about how carriers may be more willing to invest in trailers at this point because of, you know, you have all sorts of operational things that you could commit to in terms of drop and hooks, et cetera. So some of the signs are there that carriers are optimistic, but they're not necessarily going all in on yeah. the current rate environment. Right, <laughs> that makes sense. And they're not, they're not necessarily optimistic about their ability to find drivers. Right. They think that they, there's business to be had. Mm-hmm. They want to free up their tractors to run more miles, mm-hmm. right, with more tra- higher trailer ratio. Yep. Um, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I would just say that um, uh, power-only brokerage has been a growing trend over the past, mm-hmm. you know, call it five years at least. Um, I've seen more and more companies try to solve, you know, the, the issue of fragmented carriers and getting them dropping hook freight and figuring out how to do that. Right. Uh, so let's divert a little bit here. We had our first yeah. big earnings report, and JB Hunt. JB Hunt comes out with a little bit of a miss on expectations, and I don't put much credence in expectations at this point, especially in. 2020, but at the same time, I think breaking down what we saw in their uh, ICS division. Uh, mm-hmm. The brokerage uh, yeah. side of things is 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 pretty crucial at this point because, you know, I, I think a lot of people look at the tender rejection rates and you just assume, oh, everybody's doing great that's in trucking, and that's not necessarily the case, especially on the brokerage side. Right. So, 
when Tinder rejections go up a lot, mm -hmm. that means that um, carriers are playing the spot market, mm -hmm. which means that you know it has, it has there's a lot of consequences of that. But mm -hmm. what what ends up happening is that you your margins on contracted freight end up getting squeezed. The spot, right. spot rates are going up. Meanwhile, you agree to to move freight for a certain you know price. Maybe you maybe you negotiated that in Q1 or Q2 mm -hmm. of 2019. Seems like forever, or tw sorry, 2020. <laughs> seems like forever ago, right? Right. Um, and and now that's kind of coming home to roost. So just to kind of go through some of the numbers on ICS, they uh, the brokerage grew its revenue by 22 percent. Um, revenue, so everything's great. Revenue's sorry, up. And maybe maybe that was actually, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's 20 in the 20 percent. There's yeah. a, uh, volume was up two percent. So almost all of this is coming from rate increases, right? right? Um, by volume, and I think the revenue and volume mix that ICS is running is also unique for the size of the brokerage, right? right? So this is a brokerage that's doing, I think it did $431 million mm -hmm. in the third quarter, which is like 1.7 billion run rate. Right. Um, but they are 58% of their volume is contracted. But only that, that only amounts to 38% of their revenue, right? Um, and so they're very tilted towards spot for for a large brokerage. Well, uh, you know, and I, I think important to note is that their contracted uh, percentage of their portfolio declined uh, year over year in the third quarter from a, I, I believe it was roughly 65%. Uh, in that range of, uh, of their total spot to contract mix in, in terms of overall volumes, and it declined. So again, they're going out, uh, you know, they have to go out to the spot market at this point uh, and try to, you know, really recover some of their losses on their contracted freight. And one of the big questions that we've had, uh, you know, I've had over the last uh, couple of weeks here is, what is the ideal scenario for contract versus spot mix? You're in a 2018-type era where spot freight is plentiful, rates are super high, you've got a lot of rate pressure uh, sitting out there, so all this ad hoc transactional freight is basically knocking down your door, and you, you can play that. You don't have to worry about covering a bunch of contract, uh, old contracted accounts, uh, like you said, where your margins get completely squashed uh, in that business line. Um, you know, managed transportation, and, and a soft year is a great hedge. Uh, 2019, you know, we had this transition to a year where rejection rates were down around four or five percent. Cares were basically begging for freight. People uh, were, so, yeah, people were selling like dedicated services super aggressively. Exactly. So now you have all these in managed trans accounts that they're easy to manage. You're just basically going to say, hey, can you cover this freight for us today? Well, now with a broker that doesn't control assets uh, traditionally. Um, they have to go out and they, they've set their rate level, you know, for each of these accounts, $1.60 a mile. Now we're averaging over $2.50 a mile in the spot market. So you do the math. <laughs> they're, yeah. They're and, out of, they're, the, and the carriers are basically rejecting their freight just like they would a shipper's freight. And probably more so considering that the relationship with brokerages is not as valued as one of the tra traditional shippers. That's right. That's right. Um, to secure service, Hunt is going to have to pay through the nose, right? I yep. mean, even more than, like you said, even more than with a, with a shipper. Um, and what that's meant, though, is that uh, their gross margin percentage um, declined year over year from 12.7% to 7.6%, which 
you know, quite thin, honestly, right. <laughs> and not enough to make ICS profitable. Right. Right. So the losses, and they've been, you know, just to give some context, ICS has been undergoing like digital transformation toward JB Hunt 360, mm -hmm. investing a lot of money in technology, in um, kind of converting a lot of their business from sort of manual brokerage onto their, their platform um, and, you know, providing incentives and things to do that. But the lot, the sort of the net loss went from like roughly 5 million to roughly 18 million year over year. Right. For the, for the, for the third quarter, for the quarter. Um, which is, which is, you know, a lot. So, I mean, what would you say to a, you know, a brokerage that's struggling to answer the question? Okay, I, I came out of 2018, spot heavy. I built up a bunch of contracted business in 2019, uh, coming out of 2018, and now it bit me again. So we've had the pendulum swing <laughs> violently uh, every year for the last three <coughs> years. What do you think the right direction would be going into 2021? Still a lot of uncertainty in the marketplace. Uh, involving the virus and elections and, yeah. and all sorts of things. I mean, I think for sustainable growth as a brokerage, what you need is internal technology that allows you to execute contracted freight at a very high level. Mm -hmm. You have to nail your scorecards and you have to keep your customers happy and you have to know how you're doing before your customers do, right? Um, so that, take, that takes quite a lot of internal visibility right. and analytics. Um, I don't, and, and so I would say now what they should be doing is trying to grow, I mean, and, not, and when I say they, not hunt, but mm -hmm. a brokerage in general, mm -hmm. should be trying to grow contracted volumes. Mm -hmm. Like go to the shippers that are firing brokers, go to the shippers that are firing carriers and take on that freight. You'll probably get it at a decent, decent price. Um, in terms of, you know, building out technology to be like a self-service platform for spot freight. I don't know that like, to me, a, a lot of what that ends up doing is just putting a lot of work on the shipper. Where now they're tendering every load. Now they're like looking at all these prices and lanes and trying to figure out what they want to do. And, and like, I just don't know how, like they'll, they'll do that when they need to, right? right? When, when, um, when it's really hard to find capacity, when rate discovery is, is, is yeah. problematic. But like in a soft market, are they, are they gonna bother with that? Right. Do they need to? Like, and so like for me, sustainable growth is all about growing, you know, growing your contracted accounts mm -hmm. and doing very well at them. Um, yeah, that's and, what you and have of course to, it depends on the cycle of the market that you take those contracted rates. Well, yeah. thank you so much, JP, uh, for joining me here today. And thank you for watching uh, On the Spot this week. Be sure to check out FreightWaves.com and download that FreightWaves TV app for any future freight market updates. Have a great weekend.